you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. Chris Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com, thechrisvossshow.com. Hey, we're coming to you live on uh, all of our different formats out there. For some reason, we were having a little uh, startup thing there issue, but we are live now. So welcome to the show. We certainly appreciate you guys tuning in. Be sure to see the video version of this, youtube.com, forecast Chris Voss. Hit the bell notification where you can take and see all the wonderful things we're doing and all the brilliant people we interview on the Chris Voss Show. Go to goodreads.com, forecast Chris Voss. See what we're reading and reviewing over there. Also, go to uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, all the different places you're probably watching this right now. If you have questions, feel free to put them in because we're live on the show, and we'll see if we can get to them if they're pertinent. Today, we have two gentlemen on the show, and it should be a pretty good, amazing show. We have Cole Lysot and Abbas Khan on the show with us. They're both with a company called Bloom Health Partners. Cole is a managing partner and co-founder at Bloom Health Partners, an entrepreneur at heart. He brings with him a strong background in finance and operational leadership. Abbas Khan is a managing partner and co-founder at Bloom Health Partners, a true collaborator with a knack for building teams and implementing creative solutions. Abbas embodies Bloom Health Partners' mission to ensure unstoppable is possible. Today we'll be discussing Bloom Health Partners Origins and how its co-founders, both these gentlemen, plan to help schools, businesses, and entertainment productions operate in what we now know as the new normal. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. How are you? Thanks, Chris. Doing great. Thanks for having us. There you go. There you go. (laughs) So we got both of you covered in the bios. Who or what exactly is Bloom Health Partners? Hey, Chris. Thanks again for having us. Yeah, so Bloom Health Partners is a healthcare company with a simple mission of democratizing healthcare and particularly in the work workplace. We were actually, we began Bloom Health Partners, interestingly enough, in a parking lot. We, we started we started early in the pandemic. And when we started, it was a direct response to actually help our community. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. In a parking lot. Now, I've heard a lot of people starting in garages, but <laughs> what, what parking lot was this, by the way? I think we need some. Yeah, so, the, so we were in, in downtown Houston, and so it was actually specifically, it was a vacant Sam's Club right mm-hmm. across. If you're familiar with Houston and the, if you're familiar with the, the Houston Texans, where the Texans play is the NRG Stadium. So it's very central Houston, and I can provide a little context here. But this was, we started this early in the pandemic, and the time we're talking about now is like April, May, June of 2020. This is right. I know it feels like ancient history now, but if you recall, not too long ago, we were in quite some trouble with the pandemic, specifically us, Cole and I are in Texas. Our community here in Houston, if you recall, they had really long lines, if you remember seeing that in the, in the news, and people were trying to get tested. So we actually came together, and, and just a little background, Cole and I are old. We were both living in Texas. Actually, at one point, one, one point in time, we're actually roommates as well. And so we actually, we identified the problem, which was that people were very reluctant to get testing, Mm -hmm. quite frankly, because it hurt. If you recall, it was at the time, it was that brain surgery, the brain tickle. (laughs) 
And we all have cringeworthy, but that's, we were actually one of the first people to bring saliva testing to the state of Texas. And it opened up, it it made people more comfortable with this type of testing. We also made it easier for you to actually just show up. The, the registration process at this time was quite cumbersome. So we, we brought innovation or what we're one of the first people to bring this innovation in Texas. So what motivated you guys to do this? What was the proponent that you guys were like, other than just COVID, but what made you go, we really want to resolve and and solve issues in the space? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah, I can take that. As you mentioned, my background, Chris is a lifelong entrepreneur, but started out in the finance world. And Abbas and his father have more of a background in the biotech and medical space. And very quickly on identified that, you know, COVID you know, was not going to be contained to just the Northeast, you know, Northeastern U.S., New York, New Jersey. That's where everyone saw the headlines uh, early in the pandemic and, and realized that there wasn't going to be enough lab capacity in the country to keep up with the demand. And so that's what led us down this track of, of testing. And we were on the fence, you know, COVID, we had plenty of friends talking about procuring PPE from China and, and, you know, the COVID cowboys out there. We've all, by now, plenty of stories have have come out with things that went wrong there. And and so we're a little hesitant to jump in. I guess we're getting older in in age because the 20-year-old entrepreneurs would have dove right into uh, PPE or something. But, uh, you know, we just continued to evaluate the market. And then all of a sudden, like Abbas mentioned, in our backyard... I'm in Dallas, he's in Houston, but the pandemic began surging really in early June of 2020. We said, okay, we're just going to jump in and do something now. This is hitting a lot closer to home now. And so we actually started out partnering with labs in other parts of the country because the labs here in Texas were getting bottlenecked as expected or as we foresaw the regional labs here in the Texas market we're becoming bottlenecked. People weren't getting results for 10, 14 plus days. And what's the point of getting results for a COVID test two weeks later? At that point, you should be getting tested again. So we're able to, at the beginning, create a model where we're balancing you know, this regional demand in Texas with excess capacity in other states uh, where the labs uh, you know, had uh, some spare capacity. So we started out actually with a lab up in Oklahoma and we were couriering the samples every night to a lab up in Oklahoma from, from Houston. And, and that's how this got started. And that's really, you know, why it got started. It, again, started to hit home in our backyards in our own communities. So That's awesome. What specifically service do you guys provide and who are your primary clients? Yeah, sure. I can ha- happy to answer that, Chris. So it, it, as, as Cole mentioned, originally we were actually partnering with other labs and some of those labs didn't even know how to do this type of innovation that we identified. And, and this type of testing came out of the Yale School of Public Health. It was called Saliva Direct. So we were actually working with labs, validating it for them. And, and very quickly, we, we, it, 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 to be all quite honest, it just, it wasn't a pleasant experience. What we learned about this industry was that they're used to doing things a certain way, certain times that they're in business. The mm-hmm. reporting wasn't very user-friendly. If you've ever been on the other end of, I'm sure you have, Chris, on, on, on getting your results for a screening or anything, it's, it's sometimes it's not that user-friendly. So the, very early, we were identifying that the, this is an issue. And, and so while we were testing on ground, and uh, we, we knew that a lot of our, our customers were coming to us because they needed to get back to work. Mm-hmm. And so it was a joint of us talking to corporations, employers, and, and, and employers coming to us and saying, hey, 
we have a whole team that needs to get tested. Is there any way you can come to us and do this? And that's actually, it really, it, it, it helped lo- kick us off. That's exactly what did. One of our first customers, actually, uh, American Airlines, Envoy at American Airlines, where we were working with critical centers and, and testing for their operation. But very quickly, we pivoted to a, a pretty interesting industry in Hollywood, actually. And Hollywood, Hollywood was very interesting because they had a very a specific problem that they asked us. So there is a misconception, if you recall, it took a while for these studios to get going again and start shooting. And it wasn't necessarily that they were halted because of COVID, but it was the unions and the Screen Actors Guild, as an example, one of these unions had such strict testing requirements. They were requiring three PCR tests, I think, at, the, at one point uh, a week. So if oh, you can wow. imagine with Hollywood, it's already hard enough doing productions, but also how do you do that when you're when you're shooting remotely? Chris, you, you'll probably be familiar with one of our customers is the Ozark Show on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we did was we actually built a high complex laboratory, put it into a mobile unit and oh, wow. actually essentially a trailer. And we actually parked this thing on the set of, of Ozark. Oh, wow. And what that did was really kick off the industry, took note. And today we're proud to say that Netflix, Amazon Studios, Viacom, CBS, I'm sure I'm forgetting Apple Studios and, and most major productions. And, and today we're working with many productions. So those are customers, to answer your question specifically, those are the movie industry customers. But we also work with a number of corporations. Mm-hmm. Uh, PepsiCo, Six Live Nation events are some of those customers. And they all have different needs. We've, we've built out an advisory consultancy part of this and also a, an aspect that's doing the in-house diagnosis as well. Oh, wow. That's crazy. And then you do schools as well? Yep. Yeah, we uh, just recently, I guess just uh, just this fall, this school year, started doing K through 12 testing uh, in the state of Alabama. We're one of uh, two vendors working with with University of Alabama Birmingham, UA, to carry out K through 12 testing in the state of Alabama. We're also working with a number of of school districts here in in North Texas about doing their testing. There were some funds, the ARPA funds that uh, were earmarked for K through 12 testing back in March. And those are just now making their way down through to the state HHS departments and now to the school district. Yeah, we've had an opportunity to again, step up for not only our own communities here in Texas, in, in another state, but for example, in, in Alabama, we're talking to another state up in the Northeast as well about doing K through 12 testing there. It's been, you know, Quite an interesting ride so far. Hey, you guys have pulled this off in basically a year and a half. That's quite extraordinary. Amazing. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, a lot of hard work, and yeah, really, it speaks to putting a, a team together. I think Abbas and I both have a, a knack and a passion for you know building teams and seeing teams be successful. And from our board of directors, some some people that are much smarter than we are, both from a, a healthcare, scientific, medical background uh, in technology. A couple names, uh, we've got Dr. Nimisha Kalia, who is the chief medical officer for GE, General Electric Company, who is on our board oh, wow. of advisors. Dr. Mehmood Khan, who's the former chief scientific officer and vice chairman of Pepsi, was also previously a, a Mayo Clinic endocrinologist. Uh, former Deputy Secretary of the HHS, Eric Hargan, is on our board of advisors. Uh, former Bayer CDO, uh, Chief Digital Officer, Jessica Federer, is on our board of advisors. And then we've got a great team, COO, that came to us, a strong clinical background uh, with UT Southwest, a big hospital system here in tech. Our Chief <laughs> Director you know, has been instrumental in setting up these labs and hiring dozens of people to be working in these labs across the country. So... 
it, it's been a, a huge team effort and a big lift in the last you know, year or 16 months, like you said. This is pretty amazing. Education and misinformation have been tremendous challenges during COVID. So how do these board members, uh, how are they critical to your client support model? Sure. Yeah. Some of that, Chris, if you don't mind, Cole, I'll, I'll take yeah. that. But some of that falls on, even within now that we're, Cole and I have, uh, part of that partnership is we're good at different things. And, and usually the, I have a background in, in corporate marketing and communication. So you, you nailed it, Chris. This is, it, it is a huge challenge for us to not only communicate what this is, but what it's not. If you can imagine doing testing, particularly school testing with children in the state of Alabama, uh, it's a highly contested the topic is, and and what we, our, we aim to do is really inform the truth and, and get away from the conspiracy theories. And believe me, you'd be pretty surprised at the things that Colin. I'm online. I see them all. Yeah. Their, their <laughs> and, uh, I prom- I'm not putting any chips in any kids, or you know, that's like, uh, so. This is very much part of of the challenge. Cole mentioned this great board we have, but one of the board members we have is John Garcia. He used to be actually the former chief marketing officer at Sprint. So we, I really leverage his background as, as a young marketer and, and talking to him about you know, someone comes with from a lot of with a lot of experience, and and that this is an area where it's highly contested. It's unfortunate that it's a partisan issue, but it's something that we are continue to evolve. And and at the end of the day, it's about being transparent. That's that's in our DNA at Bloom when we first set out discuss this company. And, and thank you for your compliment on. on on how we've been able to to achieve all these things so quickly. And, and a big part of that, Chris, is because when we say, when we promise a customer, hey, we, we're going to do this, that's what we do. And actually proud to say that under our watch, with all the productions, with the businesses, there's been no delays and there's been no cancellations due to COVID, at least under our watch, which is you know actually surprisingly not the case. It's not very common. That's a great track record. So with your guys' business model, I don't know if you want to, if we've already covered most of the business model or if you guys want to expand on it a little bit more and and tell us what makes it, makes it different than your competitors. Sure. I'll take that, Chris. And and, you really, our our mission at Bloom Health Partners from day one, even uh, when we started in that parking lot, uh, a boss mentioned, you democratizing healthcare, but also bringing healthcare to you and making it more accessible. Now, in a parking lot, you might think that doesn't you know, make a whole lot of sense. If you recall at the time, people couldn't even get appointments at clinics or, or hospitals to get in for surgeries until they had a COVID test. And like Abbas mentioned, pretty quickly, we recognized most of our clients in that parking lot were employees that were in need of a negative COVID test in order to get in. And then we started fielding calls from companies saying, will will you bring your testing to us so we can get our employees tested so we don't have to send them to your parking lot. And so that's when the light bulb really went off for us. The part of this mission of bringing healthcare to you is you, the organization, and bringing these clinical and ancillary services you know, to an organization. And really, people talk about disruption, but it's more of an evolution of this healthcare space and the healthcare model, which was so big and complex, and, and people can talk till they're blue in the face about you know, how inefficient it is. But we've got all the tools at our disposal, talking about leveraging technology, all the new diagnostic uh, you know, devices and equipment that's come out you know, over the last you know, 10 years, even in the last year and a half, point of care testing instruments uh, because of COVID, that was all accelerated. And then combined with that, a lot of research that's being done in improving 
human productivity, which also trickles down to, you know, employee productivity. And so really our business model now is bringing that, you know, healthcare and those clinical and ancillary services to companies. Of course, you know, right now, COVID's really the big challenge that we're helping our, our clients navigate through not only COVID testing, but also return to office strategies. Mm-hmm. How do we safely bring people back into the office? What type of testing cadence mm-hmm. and schedule do we need to have? If, and it's now starting to evolve, and we see the direction this is really heading it is more of that more of an on-site healthcare clinic that we bring you know, to to a, a business's campus or even to a large office building to again make that healthcare more accessible to to employees. There you go. You guys really deserve a promotion or you really deserve seeing the long-term vision of this. And some people are just like, yeah, it'll be over in April or yeah, it'll be over in the summer when it warms up. You guys really captured the long-term vision of this and uh, saw what it is. Now it appears that, correct me if I'm wrong, but it appears that we're probably going to live with COVID for the rest of our lives and it's going to become like a flu season sort of thing or some sort of thing, but it's always going to be around and we're always going to be having to deal with it. So pretty cool that way. What's your vision for the Bloom Service platform? Yeah, happy to take that, Chris. And I I think you, that's, that was actually a, a part of how we were able to stay um, active and able to grow, particularly early on, we actually had folks who were quite senior in their companies. We're talking chief operating officers, CEOs. And they said, look, a lot of, I think a lot of other companies, they were trying to sell subscriptions or they'd be testing minimum. And we didn't do that. We knew that they were in operating models, weren't built, large operations weren't built for something like this. Mm-hmm. They already run pretty darn lean. And so for this to, to be blindsided by this, it's just they don't have the capabilities internally. So we were happy to help. And we took the tough projects, Chris. We were the small guy. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of business being turned down because it didn't from other folks because it didn't make sense from a bottom line. I think as a an entrepreneur, you have to be hungry. But also the reason why those opportunities were not were turned down was not only because of the bottom line, was because they were tough. We worked with theme park customers who were back in, in testament to them to back in August uh, of 2020. They're already looking ahead. They said, hey, how are we going to mothers don't feel comfortable about entering our theme parks? How do we make them feel more comfortable? Hey, Bloom, can you help us figure that out? And we, we devised a strategy to do this. This was a lot of uh, logistical expertise, but it was, as Cole mentioned, we had to bring this expertise inside internally. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, we we're bringing in geopolitics because this is a population health issue. Mm-hmm. We're bringing military folks, colonels in the army and the navy. We're bringing in a- analytic chemists with instrumentation backgrounds. Yeah. All of a sudden, to handle these type of projects, we had to build this overall team. And now mm-hmm. we have this great brain trust of folks that come from very different backgrounds. And we say, hey, what else can we do here? And it's not some, it's interestingly enough that there's a lot of initiatives that these corporations had started before COVID had happened. And mm-hmm. sure, we're coming to some of those. But if you don't think that healthcare and the world has changed because of this, you got to be kidding yourself. And, and I can tell you right now, Chris, I wish I could sit here and, and give you my roadmap for the five years, but, I, and, but it's quite literally, it's impossible. We don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will say this. We are strategic partners of these folks. I think that the landscape internally for corporations has changed significantly. I'll give you one example. The chief medical officer role, who has actually been 
I just can imagine. It's funny. Interestingly enough, we were at the uh, the Super Bowl last year, and they they'd asked us. We were working with one of our our clients. It was one of the major sponsors there, and the health and safety and the chief medical officers looked at me and said, "Look." You know who the real rock stars here are <laughs> because all of a sudden they are the most important people or one amongst the most important people in this organization. But I'll tell you something that's interesting. They weren't necessarily before COVID weren't necessarily inward looking about the health of their own employees. Oh, wow. This was a very outward looking role. So if you have, if it's uh, if it's uh, Kraft or, or, or Coca-Cola, they're more, more interested in what that nutrition label is and how the consumers are reacting to products rather than... And so this is a very interesting opportunity in healthcare where they're saying, how about we focus on the internal, what's going on inside? So in this, this very much fits our mission of democratization in healthcare. It, when we came to Houston, sure, we, everybody was focused on the moms with the soccer vans and making sure that they registered, registered right online. And what about the large Hispanic community or some of the underserved community who doesn't have access to healthcare. The pandemic, as we all know, does not discriminate on who gets sick and who doesn't. We have to serve the whole population. Mm -hmm. We're seeing that. And now it's interesting. We're seeing that internally with these corporations. It's not just a top-down approach. How can we better serve? How can we make healthcare more accessible to, uh, for our company so that they can better take care of their employees? There you go. So you guys are really making companies more dynamic. They never really had to, in my companies, we never had to be like, we need to worry about their health. And we gave them a healthcare plan, but we never had a chief medical doctor at the thing. I think we had a first aid kit in a drawer somewhere or something for, you know, somebody put a stapler through their finger. But yeah, this is pretty amazing. And the involvement of the evolving variants in the COVID thing, the D, everyone thought it was winding down and that COVID D kicks in. And I guess there's a whole mess of them running around the world right now. What do you think are the biggest challenges that companies and industries face in this uh, phase of the pandemic in the future? I'll take the first stab at that, and then I might uh, let Abbas uh, give it a go. But one of uh, one of our sayings, Chris, at Bloom, is that in unstoppable is possible. And if you look at some of our clients, less so the white-collar clients who, for the most part, their workers have been able to stay at home, and they can stay in front of a computer and do Zoom meetings. But you, know, you start talking about Hollywood productions, which we have a lot of clients uh, in that space. Abbas mentioned earlier, a lot more people are at home. People want to continue watching their shows and movies, and Hollywood can't stop. They need to continue to create content. You've got uh, manufacturing companies. So we have a few companies that are in the food manufacturing space. They don't have the ability to allow people to, to from home and zoom in to the manufacturing line and, and be sorting and doing QA, QCs. So you know, again, I think a confluence of factors, you know, the availability of, of technology, the, the growing body of research that's pointing to simple things we can do and supplements that can be used to increase you know, productivity and then throw in the tailwind of COVID. And there's no doubt that COVID is the here and now and we're, you know, yeah. our clients navigate through those uncharted waters to stay operational. In the future, it's just allowing companies to remain operational about so you know i just to echo your point and actually interesting because he brought up hollywood uh chris the we're seeing the opportunity because we were again we were here trying to uh, solve for a very specific purpose bringing healthcare to these folks making this more efficient and really they don't you look people aren't excited about doing testing it's not like one of those things that corporations but 
we know that it's today is the still the best defense tool against this. Especially as long as folks can, even if you're vaccinated, as long as you can get the virus and transmit the virus, this is a must within or- with certain pockets and certain organizations. Interesting. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll share a little anecdote. When we brought our, and, and we're so thankful, we have an army of healthcare workers that are deployed all over the country now. And when we brought this service to these movie studios, and they were here doing COVID testing. Of course, they have our, their bloom, they have their scrubs on, and, and they're there. You'd be surprised at how many people were coming with a burn on one side. I got a finger cut on the other. Hey, can you help me? And so that, that told us right away, and this is us on site, this, that told us that there's an opportunity here to help these folks. They don't have this capability today. Many times, Chris, they're asked to go outside for healthcare. They're asked mm-hmm. to leave their workforce. Now explain where the opportunity is in that. One is, of course, you don't provide immediate needs. But second, secondary, it's this is, let's say it's a diagnostic. Let's say we want to keep our workforce healthy. And look, we've paid, we've given you this ability to go to this hospital. It's in, here's some locations. But when do you go, Chris? Do you leave work to go? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to, you're going to go on the weekends when you should be tossing a frisbee around your dog or watching the game or what? It's not very popular. So I think that companies are being a little bit more deliberate mm-hmm. about keeping their, not just providing, which is great. I'm so happy to see that. And, and really, we work with really altruistic, empathetic leaders who want the best for their companies. These type of services, Chris, did not exist before. Yeah. It's due to the pandemic, it's because of COVID, it's because we've acknowledged this and we're trying to solve for this specific issue that this opportunity is arising for us to take care of each other better and our employees better as employers. This is pretty brilliant. I'm just amazed at how fast you guys scale this up. It's really crazy. Just, just I just think of the logistics of it. You guys have built these complex modular PCR laboratories and then you've performed, uh, the note here says 250,000 gold standard PCR t- lab tests. Is it's, that correct? It's probably gone up uh, a little bit <laughs> higher than that in the past uh, month. <laughs> yeah, that's just in a year and a half. That's a hell of a scale. Now, you guys were recently acquired. Tell us about that. Yep. So we were acquired by Matri Health Technologies. It's a publicly traded company in Canada. And a couple benefits to that. One, you just mentioned just the amount of work that's been done in the last year from a operational logistics side of things to to scale this up to where we are today has been a huge lift. But one thing we've always been missing is really the tech chops in-house. Neither a boss nor myself have a background in in programming or or coding or or even just basic IT. And so Maytree Health brings a a deep bench of uh, tech and, and programming chops to the table, and they've got a platform prior to us being acquired by them, that they had built, which met a lot of needs that our clients were looking for, including digital vaccination records, which as it's especially timely now. I think by the end of the month here, we're going to hear whether or not that's going to be a requirement for, for workers, but the digital health records. And then as we transition into potentially that on-site healthcare model, you, know, you can't avoid technology in any industry these days. It's been a lot of uh, logistics and boots on the ground operations at this point, but to really scale this to the next level, we knew we needed to either bring that in-house or, or this opportunity with Matri Health. They're also publicly traded companies that should help us advance some of these initiatives and, and be able to you know, raise money from investors for this combined team to, to really scale this up. 
and offer this solution to companies around the country because we we see very soon on the horizon we could run into a bandwidth issue, especially if these OSHA mandates come into effect at the end of the month here. We already have you know, a number of very large organizations asking us what we can do on November 1st if these mandates go into effect. And, and so we know that technology is going to be a backbone to any business in this day and age. You know, this partnership made all the sense in the world uh, for both parties, really, because we also, based on our existing relationships with these corporate clients, have been able to provide those insights to our team now at Matri Health of those programmers to make sure that they're building something that our clients actually want and need and are looking for versus your typical uh, tech company that builds something that they think is really cool before really selling it to the market. And then they find out, well, gosh, we spent a year and a half building this really cool technology that no one wants to pay for. So it really is a great partnership. That's awesome. Have you guys worked with event companies? Like there's the CS show, there's a CDA show recently that had to get canceled. The NEB show got canceled again. The Chris Voss show, we do a lot of remotes with the podcast where we go out, we interview CEOs, these big shows, these trade shows. And number one, it killed a lot of our business with COVID South by Southwest. And of course, they've got employees. They've got, especially in the thing of CES, they've got hundreds or maybe thousands of employees that are there on support site. And of course, they're dealing with all this COVID thing. I still got to go down and get my clear, my vaccine clear thing so that I can go to these events. But a lot of them are still shuttering, like Cedia just shuttered on me, NAB show. One of my friends, Gary Shapiro, who's the president and CEO of the CTA and runs CES, I'm probably going to refer you guys to him because I don't, I'm tired of seeing these shows close. So events could really yeah. use your guys' help. Yeah. And it's so important to get people back together in person. I think everyone has Zoom fatigue at this point. <laughs> and and so just to get people... Not, a, not us, of course. <laughs> Is that a clinical term? <laughs> but uh, getting people back together in person, we were actually at the the National Association of Convenience Stores uh, show was in, I think, Chicago yeah, last week. And so we were doing that. We've done... Uh, a number of shows for uh, for Live Nation Entertainment. They've got uh, you know, big music venues that they manage. So we have been doing some of that, but I certainly think that's a, a big opportunity, especially in a city like Vegas uh, or cities that have large convention centers that host a lot of these. Because from a tourism perspective, that really that trickles down to a lot of other industries. You mentioned South by Southwest. Austin's three hours away. And that's a huge deal for everyone in the state of Texas when South by is is shut down for you know the, those two weeks out of the year where it normally takes place. So yeah, it's it's very similar actually, Chris. To the, the reason why you know sc- school screening is exactly related to this. I, I, last year, I have a I have a, a nearly five year old, but my four year old had was twice sent home, and then she was sent home for was it two weeks was the protocol because someone had tested positive. In different times. So it was an exercise between my wife and I figuring out, okay, who needs to be home? And so why is that so important in our, in our team? And I, and I think our team is listening in from Alabama, but this is why their work is so important is that in these communities, if school shuts down, it's not just how are we taking our kid, but it's also how are we feeding our children in some of these communities? This is a food security issue. Yeah. So screening actually allows us, and this is again back to, in, in, back to our positioning at, at Bloom, 
about being unstoppable as possible. We want to keep organizations going. We want to keep your school going. We want to keep your event going. We want to keep your, and that's exactly, that's, this is the best line of defense for that. There's, and believe me, if there was uh, a better way of doing this, we, we would have identified with the brain trust we have, we would have identified it by now. And and schools and companies need to realize that you either need to spend money on this preventative stuff with services like yours, or you're going to spend on attorneys. I just saw, uh, I think yesterday, one of the big school systems somewhere is being sued now by, by parents who their kids got COVID from the school system and now they're suing the school system. So you're either going to pay attorneys or all that crazy stuff. Yeah, I've heard the same thing about lawsuits trickling through to companies. People got got sick on the job, so mm-hmm. yeah, especially the, if they get long term stuff. Yeah, and and the regulatory, and that's another uh, an area where we are providing a lot of guidance. Mm-hmm. In house legal counsels already have their hands, and actually, our our advisory team has the regulatory understanding. They're focused specifically on this and how is this changing? How are the mandates? And it's actually. It's not only is it different from state to state, but it's actually different down to the county level. Mm-hmm. So if you have an operation such as a Live Nation or some of the, like you, you mentioned event companies, they're mm-hmm. not they're just they're not only focused on okay, can you give us an idea of what's going on in the country? Okay, well, we're having an event here, and where in the state are you having the event? So we're actually working with them on or on on providing guidance there as well. Yeah, hey, you guys can make a killing in Vegas. We in Vegas we live on tourism, and that means people are coming here with all sorts of stuff. And so you know, the events, so many events are just closed. It just kills me. I'm just like another event closes, and uh, it's just a fight. I was in Focom, I think, in Florida that I'm supposed to hopefully go to later on this month if it doesn't close. SEMA, there's a big SEMA show, which is the big automotive aftermarket part show that's huge in vegas and uh, of course the big ces show will be coming up in january and uh, yeah there's so many people there so they have so many boots on the ground with their employees and i'm sure those people want to get tested because they don't want to be a center of source uh, of stuff there so yeah just a, a heck of a thing going forward and i just I've just had to, we've had a lot of biomedical people on the show with books and stuff. And we've talked about COVID and so I've just had to realize that we're going to be living with this for a long time and we're just going to have to just get good at, at fighting with it. Yeah. And that's, we're hearing the same things you are, Chris. There's some, one of, one of the more interesting folks that we've spoken with who's on our advisory board is a epidemiologist who actually right before, before COVID was living in Africa doing tropical medicine is, is, is Dr. Shepard out of Yale school, Yale school of public health as well. And he, it's interesting talking to him and I don't want to get, cause we're not, Cole and I are not healthcare professionals. So I have to, I want to be very careful here, but some of the anecdotes we about the behavior of the virus, and he does a great job of explaining why this virus is, and also what, what some of the concerns on. I, and, and I won't, don't, I don't know the exact percentage, but he actually, I went and visited him in Connecticut and he lived in this rural setting and he said, you see there's trees out there. I said, yeah. He said, now imagine if those were, weren't those trees out there, you'd see a bunch of deer. Yeah, we're in Connecticut, it's a lot of deer. And he said, what if I was to tell you that uh, a significant population of those deer have the antibodies for COVID? I said, that's interesting. I said, I'm more interested in what does that mean? And he said, that's a darn good question. What does that mean? Because we got this thing from an animal. Now we're giving it to animals. Mm. And now what happens if... So these are just... I know this is... Obviously, it's much more complex than these folks who are at a high level really thinking about this. But one thing that is consistent, I'm sure you've heard the same thing from these uh, scientists a lot more than we do, Chris, is that there's a a high level of uncertainty here. Yeah. 
I had a biologist who'd written a book that was on the show, and and he flatly told me, he goes, we're darn lucky that this thing wasn't like an Ebola-type virus where you get it and you're you're over quickly. But there's still these variants that are developing, which are really scary, and it gets more powerful. Everyone was like, like I said, everyone thought it was over, and then COVID-D comes around and is like, no, I got something better for you. And uh, there you go. Anything you want to touch on in the future of what's next next from here or anything on the future of what you guys want to talk about? I'll hand it over to Cole. Cole's uh, very much uh, our visionary here, but I would say I, I would encourage if please follow us, uh, follow along on what we're doing. We really think we're a part of a greater movement. You can find us easily at bloomhealthpartners.com, just B-L-O-O-M, healthpartners.com. I will say that for Cole and I as entrepreneurs, there's nothing greater than seeing something that we quite literally, and Cole, I don't know if you recall the uh, 100 degree (laughs) weather that we had to endure. And I'll joke with, I don't like to joke about this, Chris, but there was a one point I feel like Cole and I could tell if someone had, I'm joking, this is a, don't take me literal on this, but I feel like we could see when someone had COVID just by looking at their eyes, the number of people that passed through and we were diagnosing for this. But I will say that this is, it's, there's no greater pleasure than to see people take this idea, this vision, and then and now working with serious professionals. And we're all over the country, as mentioned. We have our operations, our hubs are in Dallas, Vancouver, New York, Atlanta, Alabama, of course. And then we do, we have satellite, these modular offices everywhere. I will say that we, I've never sensed a greater, never had a greater sense of responsibility now. There's been, we've started this, we're working with teams and it's a a part of that responsibility is getting better learning mm-hmm. more. I, I can't tell you how, how often I'm impressed by when Cole's in, in meetings and I'm listening to him and I, I'm like, I don't I, I if they didn't know better, Cole, they would think you'd be you're a doctor or an epidemiologist in this space, but also just learning more about healthcare. We've taken a personal mission. I'm spending my weekends now. I'm attending the Yale School of, of Management and their mission was very much dedicated to both people and business, society, how the interaction of society and business. And that's why I chose to go to that program, but their focus is also on healthcare. And that's something that we will continue to evolve and learn more about this space and and with the goal to make a greater difference. There you go. Anything you want to say? Uh, Tough to follow that, but like Abbas said, from an entrepreneur's perspective, very proud of what our team has achieved in such a short period of time. But something else, too, that I think a lot is on a lot more entrepreneurs' radar screens, maybe now more than ever, is that we're actually doing something that's making a difference. for not only the communities you know that uh, we live in uh, and serve, but also for organizations and their you know employee population, and so you know, it's always great when you can feel good about what you're doing on a daily basis. And there's you know such a need for what we're doing, and we say it all the time: for an entrepreneur, there's more demand than there is supply of companies who can provide these services. Yeah. You know, the operations, the logistics, but then the high-level advisory that we provide as well, because we don't just do testing or on-site health. We also have an advisory service where a VP of legal or an HR director, a chief medical officer, a CEO could engage our advisory team, you know, just to have an hour-long call, you know, once a week, you know, once a month, and just have questions that cut to the facts and cut through the headlines because. There is just so much uncertainty and so much noise out there. Just trying to cut through uh, a lot of the noise that's out there and do something that's good for these organizations uh, that we work with and communities that we uh, work and live in. So, 
There you go, guys. Bottom line, you guys are saving lives. That's really where it's at. Fortunately, the death rate of COVID seems to have slowed quite a bit than what it was doing in its first year. But uh, you guys are saving lives, and that's important. Give us your uh, plugs one more time. I know we've done them before, but give us, uh, as we round out, your plugs so we can do that. Sure. You can you can find us on LinkedIn and our website. We're bloomhealthpartners.com. Again, that's B-L-O-M healthpartners.com. There you go. And thanks, guys, for coming on the show and enlightening everybody. And hopefully a lot of companies will hear this and reach out to you guys. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Chris. It was a pleasure. Thank you. And thanks, my audience, for tuning in. Go to YouTube.com, Fortune Chris Foss, to learn more and see more videos of everything we're doing. Also go see all of our groups on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, wherever all those cool kids are playing these days we're at. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. And we'll see you guys next time.